Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the show that helps you reach your full potential with your host, Lisa Tarmati. Brought to you by lisatarmati.com. Welcome back, everybody. This week, I have another running podcast for you. Another <laughs> fantastic runner. Uh, this is one of our athletes and actually now one of our coaches, Andrew McCrory. And Andrew just managed to run the length of New Zealand. Uh, absolute amazing feat. I know what it takes to do that. It's bloody hard. So I was really enjoying this episode today uh, with Andrew and sharing his insights. So I hope you get something great out of this conversation with a very cool guy who's just your everyday person doing something epic, uh, raising money for cerebral palsy along the way. So fantastic episode. Before we head over to the show, everybody, if you could possibly, if you like this content, you like the show, please give it a rating and review, uh, ideally on iTunes. Uh, that's the sort of main platform that it comes out on. We really appreciate that. And you sharing it with your family and friends, uh, that's the only way we can get the word out um, without huge, great budgets behind us. It's just having word of mouth and having epic guests really does help as well um and before we head over to just a reminder to check out all our programs everything that we do uh i have a number of programs um I have a very eclectic brand, if you look at it. It's very, it's grown organically over the years. So it started off with speaking and books and podcasting and jewellery. And now we also do running hot coaching along with my uh, colleague, Neil Wagstaff, who's been my coach for 15 years and also Andrew's coach. Um, and we do holistic run training programs. If you're wanting to take on an epic challenge like Andrew, or if you're just getting off the couch to do your first 5K, uh, we'd love to help you with our running training coaching. Um, check that out at runninghotcoaching.com. We also have our longevity and anti-aging supplements. We have nicotinamide mononucleotide and trimethylglycine. These are both uh, by Dr. Elena Seranova, a molecular biologist, and this is all about uh, longevity and turning back to the aging clock. Really exciting stuff. Head on over to nmnbio.nz. Then we also have our epigenetics program and our DNA testing. Now, these are two slightly different programs, both looking at your genetics, but from different points of view. Um, if you don't know which program you should do, please just jump on a call with one of us and we can explain uh, all about that and why that's really important to understand what your genes are about and how to optimize your environment, your food, your training and everything to those genetics. And also to look at what sort of predispositions and things you may need to be aware of. Not that this is deterministic, but it's it gives you a, a heads up. Hey, you may have a problem in this area in 10 years' time. You might want to take this or do that. Um, and that's really powerful information in that preventative space. So without further ado, over to now Andrew McCrory, who just ran the length of New Zealand. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Pushing the Limits. Today, I have Andrew McCrory with, you, uh, with us. So fantastic to have you, Andrew. And today, it's all about running. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> Mate, how are you? I'm really good, thanks, Lisa. Real good. Oh, you're just a bit of a legend. Now, Andrew, you've done something absolutely epic recently, and I know how epic because I did it a decade or so ago. Um, and uh, you've just run through New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty crazy. <laughs> it's pretty crazy, mate. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into the New Zealand run story, um, where you come from, what you do, and why the hell would you get into doing something so crazy? 
So, um, yeah, I'm 47 years old, uh, married with a couple of kids who have grown up now. Um, I'm a uh, full-time gigs of polytech tutor, preparing students for police and defence force. Part-time gig is at Peak Fitness and Health, um, working with Neil Wagstaff. <laughs> Legend. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, I was, I was um, I why I got into it was I was – um, I injured my, my back and back in 17, did, um, did a disc, did L5S1 disc, and then a couple of surgeries later, ended up getting that fused and um, thought I'd start running again. Thought you'd, thought you'd start running again. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't you meant no. to not do so much running after fusing discs, apparently? <laughs> yeah, well, the, the surgeon said I can basically do what I want as long as it doesn't cause any injury. So that wow. didn't. So, yeah, let's go. <laughs> so have you always been into sport like were you a super sporty youngster and you know young guy no nah, not at all I was um oh, the last cross country I did at school I walked the whole way <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hated it um and yeah then I joined the army at uh when I was 19 so I was, I was in there as a vehicle mechanic for 14 years mm-hmm. um I was Assistant physical trainer in there as well, which yeah, just wow. yep. I used with the, the whole fitness bars. It just yeah, I really got into it and it was yep. cool. Um, I'd had knee surgery on both knees as well while I was in there, and I went when I left. I went, that's it, no more <laughs> running, no more dumb stuff, and because <laughs> it's pretty hard yeah. being a, a physical trainer in the army. Hey, eh? it's like it's not a walk in the park. No, nah, it's not. Nah, it's it's pretty full on. So, um, yeah, and then, yeah, but when I left, I did pretty much nothing. I went farming, so I was pretty fit doing that. Yep. And a little bit of CrossFit, and that's that's where I stuffed my back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was never going go. back to that. <laughs> um, yeah, and, yep, that led me into the running. Wow. So how long ago did you start, you know, proper, you know, longer distance running? So um, what, what year was that? About two and a half years ago. Gosh, that's yeah. that's not that long. Is it? No. <laughs> okay, like you do, you don't do things by halves, Andrew. I remember you no. when you joined us at Running Hot Coaching, and you know, here's a super enthusiastic, fantastic community member who I was just like loved watching all your videos and stuff, and and it really put you on the mar- on the map. You know, like you're just so enthusiastic about everything, which I really really loved. You know, um, and then we got to know you a little bit more and a little bit more, and obviously working with Neil on the on the other side of the island and. Um, one thing led to another. Um, and then one day you rang me on the phone. God, how long ago was this? I remember I was at the hairdressers. It must have been a fair while ago. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I want to run through New Zealand. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and you wanted the ins and outs of, of, of what's it all about. And I, you know, um, I thought, well, I'll give it to you straight, you know. Yeah. I'll give it to you, the real stuff. Here's the shit that you're going to have happen. You go through the troubles, the, you know, the, the side is on the fundraising, the sponsorship side, the, the the logistics, the safety, the whole the whole shebang, you know, as I saw it, you know, after my experience. And and then afterwards I got off the phone and I thought, oh, that wasn't very positive. 
<laughs> so, but, I just, but I didn't want you to like just because I have had quite a few people ring me over the years and say they want to run through New Zealand and 99% of them have hit the wall somewhere yeah. before they've even started or very early on in the piece. And so I didn't want you to go in like unprepared. I want you to have, yeah. hey, this is the this is the worst case scenario. <laughs> Can you deal with that? And you were just like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I've got, got that. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so Andrew, you, you, you went ahead, yep. much to my surprise, and you actually, you know, not that I didn't think you were capable or anything, but I just know what it takes to do this stuff. Yeah. Um, it, what was it like? What, what did you do? What was the whole story behind it? Yeah, well, you, for a start, you didn't tell me it was going to be that bad on about day three. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I did. I said early on it'll be yeah. absolutely diabolical. You just yeah, it was worse than diabolical, I think. <laughs> nah, it, was, it was all good. So I guess um, the, the main reason I wanted to do it was I've, I've been fundraising for kids with cerebral palsy for well, since I started doing my ultras. Um, Wonderful. Yeah, and and it has been really cool journey doing that and seeing these kids and, and helping them out and um, – I got a, you know, I was like, no, I'm, I'm raising a little bit here and a little bit there, so let's just do something massive, um, you know. And after reading your books, I'm like, well, this, in New Zealand, there's not anything bigger than running the length of the country. Yeah. So <laughs> let's, let's just do that. <laughs> let's just do that. <laughs> so yeah, we just, yeah, we just did it. <laughs> you just, 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 you just signed up and worked it out along the way, which yep. I really, really love. You know, and and neither you nor I are the fastest athletes on the planet. We we set no, no records, and it wasn't ever about that for me, and it no. wasn't about that for you, and it was about raising money for charity and doing yep. something epic. You know, as far as your own sporting achievements go, yeah, uh, which yep. which was the case. So yep. so how many like how many months did it take you to prepare for for this? Um, yeah, well, I guess I. You know, I sat down with Neil and um, we, we worked it out and he goes, how many Ks a day do you want to do? And I said, probably about 80. And he went, you're an idiot. Um, <laughs> no, I, I said that to you, don't do yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. I've had a few people say it to me. So yeah. we, we settled on 50K a day. And, yeah, and that's doable. So I've been training for a 100-mile run anyway, the um, 24-hour Blue Lake Challenge. And that was the end of September. And then I just went from that into yeah so what did I have two months or something yeah October November um so, so you'd already been Blue Lake and then straight yeah. into New Zealand on December the 5th well and you'd already had a lot of ultras in that experience you know we have to you yep. know caveat this that people don't think you can prepare to run through New Zealand oh, no. uh, <laughs> yeah you've done you've done a lot of training uh yep. in this and you've come from a background of hard arts I like to call it you don't actually have to have a background in running necessarily you have to have a background in being a hard ass in some way shape or form you have to know what it is to hit and to push through and when you've been in the army for that long and done what you've done you sort of know a little bit about what 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 it takes in the in the mental side of the game so tell us a little bit about then day one you're standing at the start line yeah what's going through your head um Day one, I was pretty excited, actually, probably a bit overexcited. Yeah. And, yeah, we uh, we started, because we couldn't do from the top down because of COVID and that, yeah, we started yeah. at um, Hawke's Bay. So we started at the top of Tomato Peak, which is probably the most iconic spot here. And 
Um, I had a heap of people there. It was pretty awesome. Um, had my mate Shane do a karakia and boom, we're away. And it was all downhill for a few Ks. And it was it was pretty exciting. Yeah. And I had a some, bunch of people. Yeah. Had some, um, some of my mates running with me and they all, they were all gone by 17 Ks. And uh, it, w- it was really cool. And then it all turned to custard after that, <laughs> basically. <laughs> 17 um, Ks in. <laughs> yeah. So, it, yeah, it was, it was kind of bizarre because, you know, 50 Ks is, and it was a good day. It wasn't too hot. And I was like, sweet, that's just a warm-up for me. Let's yeah. just cruise into it. And it just didn't go like that. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. I spewed up everything at about 30 k. Um, <laughs> was the excitement and going a bit too fast and yeah, I, yep. And I rang Neil that night, so I battled through the next twenty k um, on jet planes because yeah, couldn't stomach nothing anything. else. <laughs> no, nah, it was awful. Those good um, old jet planes. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we finished up. I rang Neil, and he goes, "Oh, you're an idiot. You've you haven't stopped before you started." Yeah, so I just I finished work. And I'd just gone up and up and up and up yeah. and then start. Yeah, I did the same. He said to me, <laughs> making the same mistakes that Lisa's made. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You need to listen. Poor um, Neil. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and once I got that, yeah, I, I came to grips with that. It was about the worst 50K I think I've ever run. Wow. It was yeah. awful. I was cramping. Um, even my hands were cramping. It was awful, and um, I battled through that the next probably four days just because wow. I was in such deficit, and then um, it was. So your electrolytes were probably way up the shit. I mean, yeah. if that's happening in your hands, when your hands yeah. start going, that really concerns me. I'm glad I didn't know that on the day <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's a sign of technical seizures coming, you know, like that yeah. can get to that point. So you were obviously really low on electrolytes. Andrew, yeah. what the hell? I know. <laughs> you know about electrolytes. Yeah. I was drinking, well, my electrolytes that I have are awesome. They are super good. I never cramp. I think my body just went, holy sh- what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And the it does. whole enormity yeah. of it. Yeah. And, it, and it's, yeah, once I once I sort of had worked through that and I was, I was trying to eat and I, I took a wee video at one stage. I was on the top of a hill. It was so hot, the road was sticky, and I was, I was drinking my electrolyte out of my camelback, and I just chucked it all back up again. Yep. And I was like, I need to drink this or I'm going to die, basically. <laughs> so I was forcing it down, and I was chucking it up and forcing it down, and more stayed down than up, and, yeah, I just had to Ta- keep pushing through. You didn't have stop. the uh, Endurolyte tablets or anything like that. Like tablets I found a lot easier, by the way. It's, uh, we, yeah. we didn't have that conversation, but the, when, when you when you're really having trouble with the gut and you keep bringing it back back out, I find just water and yeah. uh, electrolytes. Um, actually, I just had a guy on the podcast last week, um, Andy Blow, talking from Precision Fuel and Hydration, and he was talking about sweat tests. I'd be interested now to get one for me and for you, um, I bet you've got a high sweat rate, you know, like you probably put out a lot of sodium and that's maybe why you had that deficit to begin with. But, um, yeah. okay, so that, that's a bit scary day one. Shit's not not going well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, like, and I get it because you're so busy in the prep phase, eh? Like 
when I did the run through New Zealand, I'd just done Death Valley, I'd gone to the Commonwealth Champs in England, 24-hour racing, like six weeks later, and then I'd come back and I've just launched a book, like literally the week before, and I'm doing like book tour stuff and marketing and speaking and blah, blah, blah getting sponsors and then getting, you know, crew down to the South Island. And I got to the start line and I was just like, oh, shit. Yeah. I actually have to run 2000. Just because you've just been so busy in the busyness of it, yeah. you actually hadn't comprehended what the hell you were, were doing. And then your body just goes, nah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. Wow. And, and you didn't go like, oh, my God, and, and throw the towel in at that point. So no. so what happened after that on day two? Um, so day two, we were straight into hills. So it was heading up towards Wairau, and it was just up and down. I was jumping over the barrier because it's logging trucks and stuff. The oh. road's tight. It was just crazy. Um, so and dangerous. it was 33 degrees. Oh, oh. <laughs> so was, yeah, that's brutal. Yeah, it was, it was brutal. Um, my feet had a major blowout as well. Oh. So the whole ball of my left foot um, was just a blister and that had popped and it was Uh-oh. horrendous. The right foot hadn't popped, but it was all blister. Um, oh, and that's, that's something I've sort of struggled with. Yep. And and I'm still working around it. So You've got just, shoes that are big enough? Because yep. your feet swell, eh? Like, yeah, yeah this got, is part of the problem. Yeah, and the shoe clinic has been massive helping me with those. Yeah, you know, um, you know they they've been looking after me since I started. Really, I think I'm mad, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> I'm used to that now. Yeah, yeah, that's but, a good thing. Yeah, um, so yeah, we, you know, we just taped up, and um, my wife was with me the whole way. She's a nurse, so amazing. She was yeah looking after me. So actually, what does your wife think about all this craziness? Like, obviously, she's behind you. She's yeah. uh, supporting you and in, in, in there all the way, and it's brilliant to have a nurse on, on staff, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, what does she think about? Or is she just used to your nothingness? Yeah, she's a bit used to it now, I suppose. Um, but now she's, you know, she's met some of the kids I've helped and staff, and, and we, you know, the first kid we helped, Livy, we're good friends with her parents and her now because they live local and, she just, yeah, sees the, Lovely. Yeah, the whole benefit in what I do. And, and it's not what I do, it's what we do because I can't do what I do without her. So she's just part of the team. And, and yeah, she she's probably got a um, better head on her shoulders than me. So, you know, if, we, if I'm eating really bad, she'll just call it. Yeah. You know, and she'll tell me <laughs> I'm an idiot and this is what I need to do. Whereas, <laughs> Which is good because other people would be like, "Oh no, you need to, you need to stop now." You know, you need to yeah. just sit there. She's like, "Suck it up, cupcake." Hardest, hardest, yeah. yeah. You, you need that, eh? Because yep. you need and and having a nurse on staff is actually really a good thing because uh, I always had my friend Megan Stewart with me on a lot of the stuff, and she's a paramedic, and I trusted her to make calls when it was really getting bad. You know, like. Yeah. Uh, so you want someone to kick your ass when you're being a wimp and you need some toughening up, but you also need someone to call it when when you're really in trouble and you yep. won't give up because you're just too much in the zone and, you, yep. you know, you're going to kill yourself. Um, yep. So that sometimes it's really, really good to have that outside party that can um, call it. And, yep. you know, and sometimes it's hard when it's your partner. I remember with Hazley, 
my husband doing Northburn 100 and um, at 70 k's he was up on the mountains. It was the middle of the night. There was a storm. It was freezing. He rang me on the phone. I'm, you know, race director down bottom and he's in total, you know, fear. Like he's shitless, scared shitless. It's black as the inside of a cow. It's going 100k an hour wins. He's lost. He's, you know, and I'm just like, oh, my husband, oh, oh, come home. I just want you to come home and, you know, chuck it in and just come down, right? And that that was a bad call because then I was not being coach. I was being wife. Yeah. And uh, and so he did, yeah, he did end up not not making that one, and I, and he regretted it for the next, you know, ten years or whatever we're up to now, five years, um, and 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 he had to go and do other hundreds and stuff to get that out of his head, you know. Yeah. So sometimes it's not it's not good to you know your partner can be too soft or too hard, you know, sometimes. But yours sounds like a hard ass too. Right. Cat sex army as well, so she's yeah. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> she knows the deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and but but yeah, you you did right there because when I I did around Lake Taupo a couple of years ago, I yeah same thing. I just for whatever reason I was chucking up and I just wanted to have a lie down for five minutes, and so I did that. And she goes right, get up. I was like, oh no, nah, I'm. I just feel like crap. She goes, get up. You're harder than this. Let's go. So okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> off I went again. Yeah. <laughs> they get you over that hump, eh? Because yeah. there comes a time in every race, or pretty much every race, where you're yep. just like, that's it, I can't go anymore. You sit down, you pull your eyes out, you, you vomit yep. somewhere in the gutter, and then you're like, that's it, me done. And then somebody goes, come on, mate, just take one more step, get your yep. ass up off the ground, take another step and go again. And if, if they can get you, I remember – a friend did this for me, uh, Chris Ward, in, in uh, the Himalayas, and I was uh, 222k r- race, right, in the extreme altitude with temperatures from zeros to 40s and, uh, you know, and back. Um, and on the second night, we'd been out there for 45-odd hours, and it was in the middle of a snowstorm. I couldn't breathe. I had asthma, and we were up at 5,000-something meters at that point and I was just like I can't take another step you know and I sat down on the ground at 10 o'clock at night in the snowstorm and just bawled my eyes out and said that's it that's I'm done and all the guys came around and they went that's okay we're so proud of you you've done so much and oh my god we've seen what you've been through and you've you know you fought and they just gave me permission to fail and yeah. then one guy, Chris, comes over and he's got no fucking way. <laughs> Excuse my <Yeah>. French. <laughs> and he, you know, he didn't slap me, but I could tell he wanted to. <laughs> yeah. He was a gentleman, didn't do that. But he just picked me up and he said, move, and I'm going to stay out here with you every step of the way up the top of this pass. And him and one of the other guys did that. And they talked me over that hump and they got me up to the top and then I was away. I knew that yep. I was going to make it, right? But they just got me over that point of no return almost, you know? And sometimes you need a mate to do that, hey? Yep. And that's, yeah, that's yeah, it's obviously what your wife does. Yep. <laughs> she does, yeah. Brilliant. Yep. So that was, uh, that was day two. <laughs> so yeah. things aren't going well. You've got blisters, you've been vomiting, you've got yep. cramps, you've got yep. uh, issues up the wazoo. And, and, you know, at this point, I remember on the run through New Zealand, it was horrific that first week was just horrific. And I'm going, how the hell am I going to make it when I'm already dying and it's week one or day one, you know, like from day one, it was. And uh, 
uh, I, I, you just have to really pull in your your horizon, don't you? Like yep. what you're doing. So how did you how did you cope with that? I just um, yeah, I guess I, I I just got through my head that it doesn't matter how long it took me to do 50k. Whether it took me five hours or whether it took me 20 hours, it it didn't matter. I could only do what I could do. And then I, when, by the time I came to grips with that, I was like, okay. So because when I started, I was like, right, I was, I was treating it like a race. Yeah, I've got this time. and it yeah, Let's go, let's happen. go, you know, change my water. Come on, I've got to keep going. And then no. when, I, <laughs> yeah, when I got through that, I, I actually started to really enjoy it. And I was like, sweet, this is this is awesome. And and I was thinking, well, I've put, I've put all this out on Facebook and Instagram, what I'm doing, and I had some sponsors on board and, and I had these kids and I'm just like, if I pull out, I'm going to be the biggest loser ever, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, just laughing. I just can't. So <laughs> and it would just, yeah, it would have destroyed me basically. Yeah, yeah. And you I'm knew that like, the consequences would be yeah. huge. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, and there'll be all those people out there going, I told you so. Yeah, yeah. And that, and I was like, "Well, nah, screw you guys. I'm just gonna do as much as I can, and and we'll just get it done." And isn't that the stupidest thing, though? Like, you, yeah, and it is a it's a it's a good negative motivation. Like, it's yeah. a when you're fear of failing, you know, it is basically, and you don't want, um, you know, somebody to 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 laugh at you because you failed. Yeah. Like to me, anybody who has a crack at this stuff's awesome. I don't yeah. care whether they make it or not make it. So, you know, to be honest, anybody who has that attitude of, oh, he didn't make it type thing is an asshole and yeah. they can F off, really. Oh, I've yeah. got good language today, haven't I? Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, it gets you really angry because people who are putting themselves out there on the line to do something epic and for good and for their own sporting achievement as well um, deserve to be, you know, congratulated for, for, for giving it their all because sometimes there are times when things do go wrong and, they, and you don't make it. Yeah, and It's going to happen, especially in ultramarathoning, that happens to us all. Um, there was one race I did in the Himalayas where I was doing it with this other guy who was a mountaineer and we did we weren't getting on. And then I got altitude sickness since we got up there and 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 we've been training for a year and a half. I had documentary, had the bloody, you know, Sir John Kerwin on the doco and the Prime yeah. Minister, and it was just massive pressure. <laughs> and then I got altitude sickness and I could not even start. I couldn't even tie my shoelaces. I was so sick. That was to me like a huge humiliation. Yeah, and and um, and I know I beat myself up about it for for a long time. It's actually where I got to know my husband afterwards because he picked up the pieces, <laughs> yeah. really. And he was like, "You're okay, and you don't need all those people, and you don't, you know, it doesn't matter, you know." Yeah, and it's all about you. You're the one that you you're pushing the limits, and sometimes it's going to go pear shaped. And I thought yeah. you're a pretty cool dude. <laughs> I might yeah. hang out with you. <laughs> Married him a little bit later. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, like it's really important that you use that motivation because that fuel on that fire is like, yeah. no, I'm not going to let them win. <laughs> it will keep you going no matter what, won't it? <laughs> 100% it will, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So, so you and then so you went through this phase of like absolute chaos at the beginning as you get yep. and your body has to get into a rhythm. Yep. In, a, in a habit, and it becomes like a day at the office after a while, eh? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So what yeah, was that transition like? 
yeah, it was it was good. And I, I th- about day well, day six, I ran out of Gisborne, um, and I had a had another guy running with me who I um, I met him at a rest area running up there, um, yep. and he he was a real cool guy, Wade Brunt. He's works um, in the logging industry doing mental health and wellbeing. Yep. So he ran with me 30Ks out of Gizzy. And then um, after that, we had, at, at the end of that day, a good mate of mine, Chris Townley, who does the Blue Lake Challenge. Um, he turned up because he saw that I was dying. <laughs> because we've got to go and see him. We've got to go and support him. Yeah. So they, him and his wife did. And it was, I think about then was the turning point. I was like, actually, I'm okay. I'm okay. Yes. It's, you know, and they were like, wow, you're moving pretty good for someone that's just run 300 or K. Yeah. And that, and I was like, yep. And then just, yeah, it was just get up in the morning, go to work. Go to work, Run 50K, yeah. <laughs> recover, and do it all again. And it was, and we had so many people come out and support and toot and wave and, and that was just, um, yeah, it was just really cool. And it was, yeah, it was, it was okay after that's, that. That's awesome. And then and as you got on, did you feel, like I found my absolute low point at about two weeks in. And I, I, was, I was running 70K a day. Yeah. And, um, and after two weeks, I just could not hold that. I just, you know, like I had shin splints and ripped hamstrings and, you know, I had a rash all over my body and I was just in bad, bad, bad shape. Couldn't even walk down hills or, had to, you know, like my legs were <laughs> toast. Um, yeah. and, and I had to make that decision, my one, to go drop down to, to 50 from there or 50, 55 around yeah. there for the next while. Um, and that was a, you know, that that's plays with the head because you'd set out to do 70, right? Um, but I got to the point too where I was like, I, I just have to finish. That's my biggest priority. And okay, it's going to take me a few days longer, but that's that's better than quitting right now, you know. And it was yeah. getting pretty to the point where the body was, wasn't coping. And of course, seventy k's a day is what the top dudes do, you know, the ones like Ray Sahab and you know Dean Kalesis and you know Co that you know yep. have run across continents or whatever. And so that was my goal, you know, to, to do, to, to be at that level. But I had to just come to terms with that. And, I, you know, to be fair, like I was speaking at five schools a day and I yeah. was doing book launches at night. I wasn't just focusing on running. but And I was getting so slow that the 70Ks was taking me up to 18 hours. Wow. So, um, I, I, you know, it just comes down to a point where you have to be able to get enough sleep to be able to get up a few hours later and go again. And um, so that was, you know, my sort of journey. So where did you, where did your route actually take you? So you went up through Gisborne and then did yep. you go up to the top of the North Island or something and then back down the other went, way or something? Yeah, went up from Gisborne, went up the Waiweka Gorge, all up to Tauranga. Um, so, yeah. Up through there and then back down to Rotorua and across the state highway one mm-hmm. and then straight down a bluff. So it was, the, I just mapped out, it was about plan the Z. The equivalent, yep. Yep, the equivalent. So I'm, yeah, I'm already thinking I'll go and run from where yeah. I finished on, well, when I popped out on a state highway one, I'm going to go and run that back up yep. to Cape Beanga. So I, yeah, same difference, like same yeah. distance, like, you know, like it's no different. And um, so, yeah, and you just got to do, again, in this COVID world and the situations that we're all in, you got to do what work. you got to do. You got to make the things yep. work and, and life isn't perfect. So you just make the, the thing, you know, as you go. 
Um, just interrupting the program briefly to let you know that we have a new patron program for the podcast. Now, if you enjoy pushing the limits, if you get great value out of it, we would love you to come and join our patron membership program. We've been doing this now for five and a half years and we need your help to keep it on air. It's been a public service free for everybody and we want to keep it that way. But to do that, we need like-minded souls who are on this mission with us to help us out. So if you're interested in becoming a patron for Pushing the Limits podcast, then check out everything on patron.lisatamati.com. That's P-A-T-R-O-N dot We have two patron levels to choose from. You can do it for as little as $7 a month New Zealand or $15 a month if you really want to support us. So we, we are grateful if you do. There are so many membership benefits you're going to get if you join us. Everything from workbooks for all the podcasts, the strength guide for runners, uh, the power to vote on future episodes, uh, webinars that we're going to be holding, all of my documentaries, and much, much more. So check out all the details, patron.lisatamati.com, and thanks very much for joining us. And what about the fundraising side of it? Because you're you know, fundraising for the cerebral palsy kids and yep. Did they come out and visit you too, partly on the course? And how did that all go? Um, I had, yeah, I had a, a few people. Um, to be honest, I, strangely, they, most of them live in Auckland. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that was, <laughs> that, was yeah. that was that stuff. Um, yeah, so the, you know, we set a goal of 20 grand, you know, and I thought that's in the world we live in at the moment and it's Christmas time. Yeah, Money's it's hard to raise money it's, now. It is really hard. So um, we'd made half of that by about day 12. Wow. And I was just like, wow, this is crazy. And then um, we got down south and, and one news came and saw me. And boom, we boom. went up 20 grand in two hours. It was, um, Power of media, right? Oh, it was just insane. Um, <laughs> it was really cool. And then the Second to last morning, um, I took my video. I was doing video every morning, every night when I finished, and I just about lost it because we just cracked the forty grand mark. Oh, that's and I video, amazing! I was like, oh, I've got to go now. Turned it <laughs> off, started running, um, and yeah, we've we've made over fifty grand. That's just beautiful. That's that's really like take my hat off to you because I remember talking on that phone call that we were on prior, yep. and I said to you. You know, I, I had grand delusions <laughs> of raising yeah, more than half a million dollars, blah, blah, blah. And because I thought that the effort would be proportional to what you earned, right? You know, yeah. like you're doing something massively difficult. Yeah. But I said to you, you know, like an all black can put up his jersey and earn more than you're going to earn. Yeah, you know, and and that, that's the unfortunate world. It's not about the the, the epicness of what you're uh, attempting to do. Um, it's about how famous you are as to how much money you'll get, yep. and how much publicity you can get. And um, if you're not a big name, then you're not going to get as much publicity, and that will make it a hell of a lot difficult. So, uh, I was disappointed in the amount that I was able to raise. I think we raised something like ninety thousand or something, but that was a massive effort by a big team. But there was like nothing. Like, you know, I thought that was a failure, you know, <laughs> in a way. Yep. But 
and now if you think that's 10 years ago too when 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 it was a lot easier to get traction on social media right yep. now on social media every man and his dog's doing something for some charity yep. something all the time it's really really tough to get that pull through so the the landscape has changed and so to raise that amount of money in, in today's day and age without being i don't know richie mccaw um yeah. is pretty amazing you know so well yeah. done you that's bloody awesome Thanks. Yeah, we, we're just blown away by it, eh? And like I had, I was running through Timaru with um, one of the girls' um, mums, and her her daughter had had the surgery in the stage, cerebral palsy, and that. And so she was, she came out to support me and that, and it was really cool. And there was a, a guy standing on the street corner with his daughter, and um, waiting for me. And his daughter was disabled, and he goes, "Look, you know what you're doing is incredible." Here's 50 bucks, you know. It was just you know, wow. it was things like that that just blew me away. Yeah, you know, he's got his own hardships. Yeah. What what that family's going through, and then he's still willing to donate. And it's that's what I found. It's usually the, the people with the least will donate the most, eh? Yep. You know, because yep. they get it. Because they get it, they get the struggle. And it yep. really um it it does reinforce your belief in humanity because we can get pretty damn cynical in the world that we're living in and it's sad um you know how terrible things can be and then you get on the other hand just amazing people doing amazing things and it's just uh, you know giving and and caring um so you know it's just a really beautiful uh thing hey when you were preparing for this i remember we did our epigenetics with you um our program that we do with uh understanding your genetics did that play a part in what you in your preparation and your understanding of your body and so on? Yeah, it did. It was really interesting. Um, so yeah, both me and my wife Kath did it. Um, and Neil had been at me for a little bit about giving up coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> so when I did my epigenetics, it came up, ditched the coffee, and I was like, damn you, Neil. <laughs> um, Damn you, you're right? Yeah, so it, it, I ditched the coffee, and, and that's that not was, for everyone, by the way. It's just no, no, no. Well, I'm still good to coffee. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was it was one thing I should give up, and it, it just yeah it made a huge difference just in my day to day, and that kind of thing. And to be honest, I was very similar to my um, body type anyway. I'm a crusader. I'm exactly the same number as Neil. Yeah, 70 Crusader. Woohoo. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the the food that I should be eating, I was eating anyway. Yeah. I've made some minimal changes um, and it was telling me when I should train. And that was about the same time that I was training anyway. So, so was, you had intuitively done a lot of things, right? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so it, I, I didn't need to make any huge changes. It just confirmed that what I was doing it was right. Yeah. Massive. Yeah. And things like um, not too much cold foods and, mm. um, you know, cooking, well, cooking your foods and having some digestive issues, usually if you're a crusader and things like that, and mm. understanding those and the cramping side of things. Um, so that, yeah, that um, perfect aminos is another thing that we put into yeah. the mix of your um, training, which is a, a product. So I had Dr. David Minkoff, who is the founder of the perfect aminos. Um, and, 
he was talking about, you know, athletes and protein and their amino acids and how important they are to get that right combination. And as an athlete in my career, I'd always taken branch chain amino acids, which are only three different types of amino acids. And then when I came across the perfect aminos, um, this is a blend that has 99% utilization in the body. And that's a real key factor. So like amino acids are basically for people who don't, don't know are the building blocks of protein so when you have a steak it's broken down into amino acids singular amino acids which are then um um absorbed into the body and um so that, that it's not like 48 percent or so like if you have a steak it's 48 percent of uh, that that's actually utilised. Sorry, i got my brothers just turned up. <laughs> so I'm being distracted in the background. <laughs> just doing a recording. Um, so only a part of the perfect aminos or a part of a steak is actually absorbed into the body, right? Um, when you have perfect aminos, it's 99% of it's actually getting through and it's getting through really quickly through the, uh, the gut lining into the bloodstream very, very quickly and can help with repair and speed up recovery and, and all these sorts of things. So it's been really, really beneficial for athletes. And I remember Neil doing a, an emergency run to you to get the perfect <laughs> aminos to you. Yep. <laughs> did they make a difference to your 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 running? Yeah. Yeah, they, they really did. I, I um, He brought them over and I was on the bottle right here. Oh, good man. So that's it. Um, <laughs> And I was like, looked at it. I mean, six hundred tablets, and now I went, sweet, they'll be they'll be nice and small, but they weren't. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> We've just got some new ones that we're getting in now that have got a bit of a more of a slippery coating on the outside oh, yeah. to, get it, to get it down a little bit easier because yeah. they are a bit chunky, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, they are. But they were they were brilliant. I was having just little niggles, like um, you know, my right Achilles was just a you know wasn't sore, but I was like, oh, there's a bit of a niggle there, so I was starting to sort of worry about that and you know I was apart from that I was feeling pretty good but then got onto the perfect amino acids and boom I had no niggles after that I was just yeah recovery I was getting up in the morning and I was fine and and you you heal quicker like things like your blisters would have healed quicker and tendons and and ligaments and muscles and all of that stuff that you're using so you know much when you're doing something like this is just recovering a heck of a lot faster um so yeah i'm I'm, i like i had a a hamstring injury that i was carrying for about five years and i just could not get rid of it i was meant to have surgery but didn't want surgery uh just keep running because you know you do (laughs) and uh perfect aminos it took about a month or so five weeks on perfect aminos and it was gone you know it just healed itself and it's just like wow you know and if you want good hair and good skin and good nails and you know all those sort of benefits as well um that's really good and it doesn't turn into sugar in the body so a lot of the proteins that we have um part of them turns into glucose you know uh, it's it's converted in the body so that doesn't happen with perfect amino so if you're having a steak only half of it will actually become protein and the rest of it will actually turn into uh, glucose and carbs so you if you on a low carb diet or you're trying to do keto or something like that this is a really good thing to actually you know support the body in that way as well um so if we if we look back, how many days did it take you to actually run the whole country? Forty days. 
40 days. Man, yep. how many kilometres was that that you you did? Um, it's about 2,060. Wow, that's amazing. That's and then I, <laughs> pretty bad. Then I did an extra half a day over on Stewart Island because I couldn't do the whole lot and not go to Stewart Island. And oh. So we, <laughs> I didn't yeah, get Stewart Island. <laughs> yeah. well, I'd been there before. Kath had never been there, so I went, right, and it was a beautiful day. Yeah. So we shot across and I did a little run and I went, Oh, I'm done. I'm done now. I'm, tick that box. I've ticked it. Let's go and get some blue cod. <laughs> some bluff voices. Yeah, well, there was none in season, so we oh, missed no. out. But yeah, we got blue cod and chips at the um, yeah one of the local sort of kai caravans there. And, nice. Oh, it was so good. And, and, <laughs> and celebrate actually finishing. Yeah. And like, so now we're in. Uh, as we're recording this, we're on twentieth uh, of February. So this is uh, now what eight eight weeks or something, seven weeks uh, uh, post race. Yeah, I finished fourteenth of Jan. So oh, so it's not even that. It's, it's only five, bloody five weeks. Jeez, and you're feeling really good. You've you've bounced yep. back. You know, like you've yep. you've come back really really well, and you're back into life and work and, yep. and and everything again. How did you transition out from the psychological? You know, like uh, it's quite a big transition. Then not running. <laughs> you know, yeah. 50Ks a day. When when you've been doing that, that's been your job and yep. you've been on the road, you've been travelling, all of that sort of stuff. How have you transitioned back into normal life? I guess I'm still battling with it a little bit, to be honest, because I've, I've gone back to work and I've, I've got my students back, which is awesome, started back at the gym and I'm, I'm like, I miss the simplicity of just lacing up my shoes yeah. and going. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and now we're back into yeah. phones, On face, the grid, you know, yeah. work. And I, it's kind of almost like the same different day kind of thing. I'm like, yep. I've done something up here and now I've, I know I've still got to pay the bills and stuff, yeah. pay yeah. the mortgage. Unfortunately. But I, I, I really want to go and do other cool stuff. Like, and I've just seen the power that, average guy that can you know just run a long way that you know we've we've changed lives along the way yeah. changed our life yep you know and that and um and now I just want to go and do more of that <laughs> so it's, I know I, I knew there'd be a low coming down off it yep so I'm just going to chill for six months before I make any rash decisions good oh good yeah because I was you know as your coach I'd like to say yeah please don't just dive into the next thing because yeah. you have this tendency when you come off the back of something epic that you've just done and you've achieved and you've you know done so well uh, to rush into something else because there's a big hole in your life because yeah. you've had this one mission, right, and the singularity yep. of purpose, and then that suddenly is gone and you're back into the chaos of everyday fight for survival living is, you yep. know, just normal living paying bills and working and everybody wanting a PCO and, you know, the whole the whole shebang. And that was all gone. That was the beautiful thing about ultramarathoning. You know, you only had one problem to solve that day pretty much, hey, yeah. and that was to get your ass across that finish line, you know, 50Ks yeah. away. And that, that beautiful purity of purpose, I think, as humans we're missing, like um, in our normal sort of chaotic day-to-day of rushing to work and doing paying bills and being on the social media and, you know, doing all the stuff that is required now to exist, 
is um, making us quite mentally, I think, um, drained and overwhelmed often. And um, you only notice that when you step outside and you do something that is pure, the old way of moving your body in nature all day, every day. And that's what our ancestors did, and that's how we developed, and that's why I think it's such a cathartic and uh, spiritual journey almost. I mean, it's really hard to come back into normal everyday life and just get into it again. So it's very normal to have this, you know, yeah. bit of a, a jigsaw, a, a, you know, roller coaster, if you like. And I think what's important, though, is you don't just dive into the next mission because that's mm. – um, having done that for many, many years and then completely destroying your health and your body because you are doing things beyond. Your body does need a recovery now. It has yep. done something that is extraordinary. And whether you feel it, I didn't feel it straight away. I just knew that like a year later, I just didn't have it in me anymore. Yeah. And, and I and I pushed and I pushed for another few years of ultra marathon running, but I had I had never had the same power. I'm not saying that's going to happen to you because I started at 20. Yeah. Um, I never had the same power again and something had broken, you know. Um, and so I was pushing it on and on after that, but I, I was broken on the inside a little bit, both mentally and physically because of the it is can, it can be also quite traumatic like you've gone through a trauma in a lot of ways because you you've um you know not a trauma like a you know horrible event but you've gone through thousands of hours of pain yeah let's be honest it's painful (laughs) (laughs) and that that adds up over a while as to be its own trauma at least in my life it did um and so you've you've got to sort of work through that you know and when you come from a hard-ass background where you know you've just got to be tough all the time there's i think you need to have that phase of recovery where you actually just put into your body and put into your psyche and give yourself that recovery and actually experience the accomplishment of what you did before you race off to the next accomplishment and big mission because you actually have to integrate you ran through New Zealand. You did over 2,000 kilometres in 40 days. You raised $40,000-odd for kids who really need it. Those are epic achievements that you have to integrate into your life now and actually experience that on the inside, you yeah. know, when you're sitting quietly and go, well done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's really, really important that you do before you mission off on the next mission. Yeah. Um, that would be my two sets of coaching advice for the day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Andrew, you've been absolutely wonderful today. I really appreciate you, and I love having you in Running Hot. I love having you as one of our coaching people now and uh, learning and developing with our good mate, Neil, who's uh, sort of changed both of our lives and given us uh, the knowledge that we have now and helped guide us through our ultramarathon journeys, both of us. Um, So you're pretty lucky to have him by your side. Is there anything that you'd like to say to anybody who's out there who wants to do something epic for them, epic, whatever that is? Just, um, yeah, don't be afraid to give it a go. Um, but find someone to help you. Um, and, you know, <laughs> that, that's basically team. what I did. Yeah, build but, a team. Yeah, build a team. Uh, you know, you know, I've, Neil and Lisa, you know, you've both been a wealth of knowledge for me. Um, but, yeah, you've you've got to have that support. You have to because um, you, can't, you can't do it alone, whether it's a, 
a half marathon or a, an ultra marathon, it doesn't matter. You've got to have that good team behind you and seek really good advice from from good people. There's that much out there on these, yeah. and it's it's crap. There's uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of lot of crap out there, basically. But yeah, if, if you if you want to do it, you've just got to do it. But but do it smart. And believe in yourself. And, yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah. Did you have any self-doubts, you know, like, you know, that little voice inside you that goes, you can't do this. Who do you think you are, Andrew? You know, you can't do um, that. Did you ever have any of those or were you already dealt with that in the army? <laughs> yeah. No, I've, no, I never did. I never woke up in the morning going, I don't want to do this. I woke up going, I don't want to get out of bed yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, it's morning again. I want to sleep in. One sleep in, please. Um, <laughs> no, nah, never, never. It was, I think I've got um, the the fear of failure is, is bigger than yeah. the wanting to quit. That's, that's gone. And so you have that inner belief in yourself, and that's yep. really um, – so many people don't. So many people struggle with that that inner little voice that goes, "You can't. You're not good enough. You're 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 a, you're a, you're faking it. You're not. You know. You're not the real deal. You know all of that sort of yeah. thing." What do you say to people that are struggling with their confidence but still want to have a crack at something awesome? Just yeah, I, I start small. Celebrate the, the the small wins. So yeah, and then build. You know, success breeds success. You know, and then. You know, get a small win here and then, yeah, move up to something great. And you will fail along the way. I know I did. I set out to, to run 100 miles in my first ultra and it just, <laughs> <laughs> just about killed me. Um, yeah. And I ran 115 Ks. Yeah, that's epic. And, yeah, I was, I was like, oh, I failed. No. But no, I didn't. I didn't. And it just took me a, yeah, a little bit to get my head around that as well because um, it's, yeah, it's a huge thing, and and, and yeah, you just yeah, if you fail, which you will, pick yourself up and do it, it again. And it's like that, you know, you set out to do a hundred miler and did one hundred and fifteen k's, but that's a hell of a lot more than the person on the couch who never got off it in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. When, when you call one hundred and fifteen k's a, a failure, crikey, yeah. <laughs> you know what does success look like? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know that you got to change your perspective of it. Yeah, because you've got to go like, yeah, that's still like there's only this many people in the world have ever gone over 100K, yeah. you know, tiny, tiny proportion. And so that changes your perspective because you didn't finish the race, get the medal. Who gives a shit? You did something epic. You, yeah. you achieved something and you learned so much oh, you know, yeah. in that journey. And now when you go and do those things, you you know what you're doing and you can still fail, by the way. Yeah. Yep. You know, because this is pushing the limits, right? This is <laughs> out on the edge of what's what you're capable of, and there is this line that you can sometimes cross and and, and not make it, and that's okay. Yeah, don't yeah, beat that, yourself up for three years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I, I ran with um, Terry from Northburn. <laughs> oh, Terry, how is he? He was he was really good. I've never He's met epic. him before. He's lovely. He, he showed up in Taupo. Oh, he's a he's a hard ass. He's yeah, cool. He was he and he's running with me, going. You know your mental way. 
<laughs> he can talk. Yeah. He's the director of Northburn for everybody who doesn't know the race that we co-founded back in the day, and he's still running it today. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, he's mental. <laughs> yeah, but he goes, "There's probably only twenty people that have done the length of New Zealand." Mm. He goes, "You know, you're, you're in this this tiny little group now." Yep. And exactly. I was like, "Wow, I, I thought there'd be heaps more, like lots more." But he goes, "No, nah, there's just not." No, it's, there's a few, and then and there's a lot. You know, many of them were faster than us by miles, yeah. uh, and we all had slightly different routes and whatever. But it is a very small group. You're right. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty and cool. It was, it was it was really cool for him to you know put it in perspective for me. I was like, wow, okay, because yeah, I'm I'm not the fastest. I'm never going to be the fastest. Nah, me neither. You know, but, <laughs> so but, what? <laughs> but yeah, so what? It doesn't actually matter. You know, nah. it's it's. And that's the cool thing about the, the whole ultra community is no one cares who's first. No. Well, some people do, but mostly it's just everyone's there to, just to support each other and get through the, the event. It's just yeah, really it's cool. Yeah, because it's just so difficult and epic anyway. And yeah. everybody knows that the slowest person is actually the toughest because they've been out there twice as long. And so there's yeah. always this automatic respect for anybody who's crossed the finish line and yeah. done it slower. Um, you know, the top guys at the and girls at the at the top end of the field, geez, they're genetically gifted. You know, like yeah. I, I'm like, yeah, awesome. But I'm more interested in the person at the back of the field who's fought through every obstacle known to man to get there. <laughs> you know, that's more yeah. impressive to me. <laughs> who didn't have the genetics, yeah. who didn't have all uh, the the everything going for them, and still did it. You know, they're for yeah. me the the true heroes of the story. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah. yeah. It's epic. Andrew, thank you so much for your time today. I've really enjoyed having you as a guest on Pushing the Limits and um, keep being a legend and a role model for everybody. And I'm so glad that you're going to be coaching with us and helping um, more athletes do more incredible things. So thanks for your time. Where can people find you? Um, they want to follow you on Instas and all that sort of yeah. you're quite entertaining. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got a Facebook page um, running Aotearoa for SDR, um, which is the surgery that the kids get, or they can mm-hmm. find me on Insta, Andrew McCrory, Ultra Runner. Yep, yeah. Andrew McCrory, uh, Ultra Runner. I'll put the links in the show notes. Andrew, thank you so much for your time today. No, thanks for having me. It's been awesome. That's it this week for Pushing the Limits. Be sure to rate, review and share with your friends and head over and visit Lisa and her team at lisatarmaty.com.